Now here's those boyhood friends, Ron and Dave. I mean, Ron and Delbert. I'm just kidding. Here's Ronna and Donna. <laughs> All right, thanks for that, G-Force O'Neill. Hey, what's going on, you guys? Uh, we heard your plea. Now you got three. And the fact the Ron and Don show now drops every Monday. That's new. Every Monday, every Wednesday, every Thursday. Because you guys are saying, hey, I can't sit around and wait all week for the Ron and Don show, so let's start these things off on Monday, all right? Uh, don't forget, get signed up for the newsletter whenever you want to know what's going on in the Ron and Don Nation. And, uh, Ron, how can people do that that are listening? Right? Yeah, the easiest way is just go to ronanddon.com. You click on that microphone. Right underneath our picture, you put in your email address, your name, and you will be signed up for the Ron and Don weekly newsletter. All right. A little bit later, do you know that Facebook is monitoring you? And as a result of Facebook monitoring you... You're not going to believe who else is monitoring you. In fact, Ron's done an investigation of the situation. We'll get into that in just moments. And also, Dog the Bounty Hunter, Dwayne Chapman, one of my favorite big guys out there, right? I don't know if you know this or not, but his wife, Beth, died a number of months ago. In fact, seven months ago. And now they say that not only is he dating someone else, he may marry someone else. And people are really upset with Dog the Bounty Hunter. So we'll talk about that. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. A lot of people are talking about Kobe Bryant, right? Yeah, I was uh, surprised. Um, I got a text from a friend of mine that said, hey, I don't know if you heard, Kobe Bryant just died in a helicopter crash. And I was like, wow, that was crazy. And then it absolutely took over the media. That was the same night as that the Grammys were going on. It was at the Staples Center, mm-hmm. and it became a shrine to Kobe. And then Kobe Bryant, you know, his, sort of his presence, his legacy went into the Grammys. Alicia Keys opened the show talking about that. It took over all the 24-hour news networks. They sent out people to look at the crash scene. Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, everything was Kobe uh, over and over and over again. And the first impression I had was there seemed to be a sense of hero worship around Kobe that was um, that you see of stars of the upper like when Prince died or Tom Petty maybe probably not as big as Kobe but that sort of vibe when you when you see someone like that that passed away and maybe even a Michael Jackson type of situation and, and so I, I looked at that and I have a lot of complicated feelings about it uh, because of Kobe's legacy in my mind. You and I worked in sports radio back in the early 2000s when Kobe was involved in a, in a sexual assault case that ended up being settled out of court. And so we don't really know. There was never put before a jury. And she, the, the woman who was 19 years old at the time that the incident happened, uh, said that a sexual assault happened. Uh, they never got the trial. She settled with Kobe Bryant out of court. Um, a number of months later, Kobe had to fly back and forth to Colorado in between games. The Lakers made the finals that year and lost. They were going for a four-peat, but uh, Kobe Bryant would fly to Colorado, be in court all day about this sexual assault case, get on a plane, fly back to a game, and sometimes arrive right before a tip-off. Didn't even have a chance to warm up, and he would play in that basketball game. And so, uh, to me, the interesting thing about this storyline is how how do you how do we frame up people cuz it, it it seems like the chapter of his life after that and if we remember he was married they just had their first baby when this uh, thing happened in Colorado and Kobe admitted that he had adultery he thought he says he thought it was consensual and he now he realized in his mea culpa that she had a different interpretation of that but married infant 
and he's in Colorado, and he has sex with a 19-year-old worker at the hotel. Yeah, and what we should say is criminally, uh, criminally, there was nothing uh, there that the prosecutors could prosecute. So we should say this. When she settled out of court, they basically, she took a check, and we don't know what she took a check for. But he wrote a check. She went away. And then we haven't really heard anything about that case since then. We should also say uh, that he hasn't been in any trouble since then. And a lot of athletes, sometimes they get in trouble. And then six months later, they get more trouble. And a couple of years later, they get more trouble. And then they retire. They even get more trouble. And it seems like since that time, Kobe Bryant did some pretty important, cool things with his life. He did. And so that's where, to me, it's it's curious on how to frame this up. Because I, I was talking to someone, a, a woman, and she's like, isn't it interesting that this is framed up as an opportunity for Kobe to grow and evolve? And she said that that completely invalidates the experience of this 19-year-old. So think of it from the other other perspective. You're a 19-year-old young lady. You're working at a hotel. You have a famous client. He asks you to come up to the room. Next thing you know, this sexual encounter happens, and you're like, I'm, what, what just happened? You're not even old enough to drink yet. And so from her perspective, it's like, I don't want to be an object lesson that look how great Kobe has been after he got into trouble. Like that that's after the Me Too movement, we sort of reframe that. If you're a powerful man moving through the world. So I guess to me, I'm trying to figure this out in, I don't think we should totally hero worship anybody. I don't think there's a human being alive that deserves human, like just to be hero worshiped. I always like what Edward Kennedy said about his brother when his brother was shot. Don't make my brother greater in death than he was in life and turn him into some sort of idol because he was an imperfect human being as well. And we all know you've talked to great length about the, the fallibility of, of the Kennedys. And so I always thought that was very wise, that we shouldn't take somebody and, and erase everything they ever did that was negative because they happened to be a really great athlete or a really great musician or a really great speaker. Uh, I, I think that the human experience is greater than that. So it was just surprising to me, but I want to leave room in my worldview to say for people that are maybe younger than me or if you're african-american or if you were a, a bigger basketball fan than i am or whatever to leave room for the space of like maybe he meant something beyond what i'm able to wrap my brain around because for me when you look at people there's a there's a line uh where when you cross over like sexual assault to me that's a that's a that's a red line so when you talk uh, about the people in this world, even you know guys like R. Kelly, I watched that show. I was like, oh god, I guess I can't. I, I probably shouldn't listen to R. Kelly anymore. Hang on though, you. I don't think it's fair to take R. Kelly and Kobe Bryant and put them in the same situation. Th- those are really different. They're very because different. Because R. Kelly uh, is facing lots of criminal charges and lots of criminal charges with minors, and could go away for the rest of his life as a result of what R. Kelly is accused of doing. And again, we have to say, when it comes to Kobe Bryant, the prosecutor stood there and said, I don't think we can prosecute this. He couldn't prosecute because she refused to testify, and then she got a big check a few months later. And that's what we have to remember, too. It's like, okay, you took the check. You didn't have to take the check. Your family didn't have to take the check. What you could have done is you could have testified against Kobe Bryant. You decided not to do that. 
and you took a check. I'm so there, saying, would, there would be other there would be other people that would say was Kobe Bryant set up and she was after his money the whole entire time because you and I have traveled with professional sports teams before. And I'm not saying she did this, but when we were traveling with the Oakland Raiders from Oakland to Seattle, we went into a hotel. You and I were pretending to be – we walked in with the team because we worked for them on the radio side at the time, uh, and we were the sideline reporters. But when people thought that – because we pretended to be the punter and the kicker because nobody knows what they look like. So we walk into the team, and there were lots of women that were standing there with cards, and they were handing those business cards to players. Those players then would hand those cards to a party coordinator. That party coordinator would put together a party, and you could imagine what would happen at that party when the Oakland Raiders were on the road. So those women were there specifically I know that, to course. connect – to sleep with and to get paid money by those players for a sexual exchange. I'm not saying that's what she did, but these players see this all, they see this all the time. I understand that. I guess what I'm saying is when some, a tragic event happens or someone like that uh, passes away or, or, or an event happens to, to me, I want to put them in context. Is he a great athlete? Absolutely. Was he a fascinating person in the culture? Yes. Do I want to deify him and make him into this Ill, infallible greatest father that ever lived? And like the, the, the accolades that were coming out specifically online and even like with the Grammy Awards and stuff, it's like, really? This, this is the guy? Do we want to hold? It's tragic. And it was surprising. Uh, but what, to, well, well, what do you know about him being a dad and not 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 being a great dad? What do you know about that? No, I'm just saying, that even if he is a great dad, like I think you need to take a person in their entirety, or maybe you don't. Maybe you say, hey, when someone made a mistake and had adultery in their early 20s and, and showed poor judgment, give them a chance to evolve, give them a chance to get better, and in a sense, we're going to give people a mulligan to do stupid things when they're young, and then we get to let them be a different person. When don't you older. think though, when somebody dies? that you are allowed to mourn and you someone that's a cultural figure uh, to have conversations to talk about this because all the Kobe Bryant stuff uh, we talked about in sports radio back in the day are we supposed to talk about it again or are we we where do, where do you where do you land on that or do we say you know what he just died with his daughter in a tragic helicopter crash right people are going nuts and getting in fights because he's getting more attention and his 13-year-old daughter, they're getting more attention than the other people that were on the helicopter and they should get a lot of attention too, which I just think is crazy when people start getting in fights about that on, on Facebook or whatever your social network is. I think it's okay to take some time and to mourn the death of oh, I'm not saying somebody. not to mourn. Because it was a tragic, It was tragic. tragic, tragic I, I just helicopter think that crash. Someone, for him specifically, it's a complicated legacy. So I think there are other people that don't have the complications that he had. But to your point, JFK, complicated. Complicated legacy. Very complicated. Le- when, when Bill Clinton passes away, complicated very legacy. Very complicated. When, when President Donald Trump someday will pass away, it'll be a very complicated legacy. Yeah, so that's, I just, and maybe that's unreasonable to ask, but it was, it was, it took over all of media for the whole weekend. Still is. Yeah. And so I just think... It's been interesting to me to just observe it. And again, for different people, obviously, it's going to mean different things. But it, it's a complicated, yeah. complicated story. Here's, here's what I admire and what I took away from it is the hashtag girl dad. And when Kobe Bryant came out and said, you know what? I'm a girl dad. And I started seeing all my friends. You know Gator. 
uh, our friend Ganji, who we did uh, radio with in San Francisco. He came on hashtag I'm a girl dad, and it's a picture of him with his girls. And I got teary-eyed with that. Our friend Sig, who was our uh, program director down in New Orleans, same thing. He has raised two girls, and I've watched him do this over the years, he and his wife. And he hashtag girl dad, and then it was a picture of him with his two girls. And he talked about how much he loved. He loved his two girls and how great it has been for him to raise girls and to be a girl dad. And then my friend, I have a friend who is a local uh, state patrol officer here. And he's a local coach and his name is Nolan. And Nolan has a dog by the name of Kobe. Nolan's African-American, he loves Kobe Bryant. And he's a coach and he feels this connection. He's, uh, He's a young man in his 20s. And so when Kobe Bryant passed away, you could see Nolan on his social media feeds. Uh, it really hit him hard. Really hit him hard. And then he put hashtag girl dad. And everybody thought it was about Kobe Bryant. And what he was really letting people know is I just found out I'm going to be a dad for the very first time. And I'm having a little girl. And I gonna be a girl dad congratulations trooper nolan washington you're gonna be a girl dad it's the ron and don show only on the ron and don radio network thanks for listening to the ron and don show please hit subscribe Well, let me ask you a question, and uh, welcome to the Ron and Don Show, episode number 60. Thanks for listening, you guys. We have more people that are listening now to the Ron and Don Show on this podcast. Hundreds of thousands of spins now. More people listening than even listen to us on Terrestrial Radio. This thing is blowing up, and believe me, we had a lot of people listening to us on Terrestrial Radio, so we're very, very, very excited about and just want to thank all of you for being a part of something bigger than yourself in fact ron there's something called glow fm and a lot of people in the ron and don nation they've been going out to glow FM. yeah if you enjoy the show and you want to help us shoulder some of the burden you can become an individual sponsor you can be a sponsor of the ron and don show you go to glow.fm so it's not a dot com g-l-o-w dot fm slash ron and don radio or the it's in the show notes and then uh, all you you can uh, pick an amount it's every month, and we appreciate it. Thank yeah. you in advance. You pick them out for, uh, uh, say, $5, 10 15 $20 for all of 2020. Uh, we're not lining our pockets with money. Uh, we basically try to make our living, and we're making our living with real estate. We appreciate everyone that's done a run and done sit-down. This just helps us pay the bills to keep the podcast coming. And we're at three episodes. We hope to add a fourth and a fifth episode, too. So don't forget, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sign up through the newsletter and just go to ronanddon.com. How soon is too soon? When you lose your partner, how soon is too soon for someone to fall in love or get married? The reason why I ask this question is I don't watch a lot of TV, but I have watched a lot of Dog the Bounty Hunter over the years. And that's why... And if, you, if you've never seen Dwayne Chapman, the, the mullet that he wears is the same mullet that I used to wear 
back in the day when I was 15, 16. So I had that mullet till probably I was 19 years old. You could rock that mullet. He's still rocking the mullet. And if you don't know, he's on the island of Hawaii. And basically, he and his wife, they go around. They kick in doors. And when they're kicking in doors and they're collecting bounties and getting ready to send people back to jail... Oftentimes when they oftentimes when they intersect with him and also his wife Beth, his late wife, they would sit there and do a great job of loving on people, of counseling people, of trying to get them help, of trying to reconnect them with people they love and care about. And we're talking about people in society a lot of times that you would think is someone that's just a throwaway. And Dwayne Dog Chapman, in fact, in his life, he was accused of a murder early on and he did some time and that's one of the reasons why he feels like he has a real connection with people out there that are stuck in the system and can't get out so if you ever watch that television show you know that he and beth beth was his very best friend and uh over the last couple of years she struggled i believe it was with breast cancer and then also lung cancer and she ended up throwing uh, uh she ended up dying she passed away about seven months ago and now He is reconnected with someone else that uh, he used to be connected with in his past. And it looks like they're in love. There's pictures all over social media. And now they're talking about getting married. And he's a guy that's probably 60, 61, 62 years old, somewhere in there. And people are so upset with him. Family members are so upset with him. How could you go out and cheat on mom like this because she just passed away seven months ago. And now you're in love and you're going to go out and you're going to get remarried. What say you, Ron, when it comes to relationships and someone passing away that you really loved, cared about, and they were a great partner, but they're no longer around and you're left alone? I don't have any judgment on this anymore. Like Because especially with something like cancer, you can begin to disconnect way before uh, someone actually passes. And so we, we don't know what their emotional life was like. I think another person that had this patent Oswalt, everyone dogpiled him. His wife died suddenly in her forties. And then he got married relatively quickly after that. They had a little four year old daughter. I think she was five when he got remarried and people were like, Oh my God, how could you do this? He's like, well, I'm a dad. I don't like being alone. And I met someone and we're in love. So that's how I can do it. Mm -hmm. And my wife, would not my my deceased wife she wouldn't want me to grieve in perpetuity she wouldn't want me to uh you know never meet someone ever again she wouldn't want our daughter uh, to never have another female figure in her life and so i i don't judge him at all like there are some people that just need to be with someone uh, and if that's the type of person that you are and you meet someone else clearly he's not hiding this He's a public figure, so the woman that he met now is going to know who he is. And as long as she's not predatory or something, then like, who am I to say that you have or have not healed up quickly? This this new person could be helping him. Yeah. It's interesting because when we want when when we worked, we used to work with an organization called Making Memories, and they help provide memories for women. These are usually young women, stage four breast cancer, and they can be in their twenties, thirties, forties. A lot of times they have little kids, and we would make sure, along with Fran Hansen, who ran this organization, uh, they would sell old wedding dresses and turn those wedding dresses uh, into cash. And we did something with this, some cause radio on our radio show. And then they would provide kind of a final memory with mom, the kids before they passed. This is what was shocking to me. I remember we were in Arizona, 
and I went to see this mom. We were doing mornings there. What up, four seven CCP Arizona's hit music channel, Rod Dot and Jackie West. You probably coming up that. next. We got some Enrique Iglesias. Everybody sat down with a woman by the name of Amy. She was twenty seven years old, and I sat down with her and her little four year four year old daughter that I called Fruit Loop. And the reason I called her Fruit Loop is because she was sitting at the table eating and playing and feeding me Fruit Loops. She was sorting them by color. She was. That's right. And we ended up sending Amy and her little daughter. And then she had two other kids. We ended up sending them to Disney World. And she passed away at Disney World while she was on this trip. And everyone was kind of sad about it because she was in a wheelchair. And it sounds sad. But people within her family were really like, you know what? Some people die with their boots on and some people die at Disney World. And it's better than dying in a hospital bed. She didn't want to die in a hospital bed or on a couch somewhere. So she's in the wonderful world of Disney with her kids. This is what was shocking to me is that the man that was involved in her life and the man that was connected to those children, he walked away when he found out that she had cancer. A lot of men, a lot of men walk away when they find out that a woman has cancer and that they have some kind of terminal illness. They do walk away. And the thing that I appreciate about Dwayne Chapman is he didn't walk away. And he stood there and he fought the good fight with his wife. I think of my brother-in-law, my late sister. He did a very similar thing. My sister, my little sister was sick for four years. And when she passed away, she was 67 pounds. She lost her teeth, her hair, ALS. It's so brutal. You lose your voice. It's just, it's a brutal, brutal disease. And he took care of her. And he went through something similar after this when he was thinking about getting married. I remember he came up here. We went to a Mariner game. We went to a baseball game and we talked together. And, and for him, it was like, here he is a minister in this church. He has three little kids and it's like, you know, what do I do? And he ended up meeting someone online that he really cared about and had a connection with. And I said, you know what? Not that you need my blessing, but you have my blessing because I see the way I see the way that you took care of my sister. I see the way that you took care of your children. I see the way that you were there. You were there at the finish line for her when a lot of times men aren't there at the finish line, and that means everything. You only have so many minutes and moments in life, and I told him, I said, go on, and if you find somebody else that you connect with, that you love, that you care about, and again, not that you need my blessing, but go for it. And he found someone, and to this day, I am delighted when I see a picture pop up, and it's him and his new wife, and it's my nieces and my nephew, because... That family, even though my little sister is no longer a part of it, she'll always be a part of it, right? It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. Oh, can you believe it? Episode 60 of the Ron and Don Show dropping every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday now. Thanks to the hundreds of thousands of people that are listening to the Ron and Don Show. It's unbelievable, you guys. 60 is the new 40. It is just blowing up, and we appreciate that. Also, don't forget, in fact, we just sat down today with Carol and Ed. Why do we sit down? It's a Ron and Don sit down. It's what we do at Windermere as licensed uh, real estate agents. If you're thinking about buying, selling, or wherever you are on your real estate journey, reach out to us. Just reach out to Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. And uh, we'll just show up at your house like we showed up today. We'll bring you a couple of Ron and Don mugs that say, I sat down with Ron and Don. 
and we'll talk to you about your real estate journey. Reach out to us, Ron at Windermere.com. And whether you're buying or selling now or somewhere maybe this year or even next year, let's talk about your journey. Ron at Windermere.com. Let's do it, Ron and Don. Sit down. That's for a fascinating story in the failing Washington Post, uh, the Jeff Bezos personal newsletter. Yeah. Um, and it's about Facebook. And it, it's it's really kind of alarming and interesting on a lot of different levels. So do you remember Cambridge Analytica? This goes back to before the election. This was the firm that specialized in psychographics, and they believe they are the people that were responsible for Donald Trump uh, getting elected. They were running millions of ads on uh, on Facebook. And if you remember, the, the Leslie Stahl, I think, was one who did a 60 Minutes piece on it. Mm. They would, you and I could be logged on uh, to Facebook at the same time, and we would see a different version of the same Donald Trump ad mm. on our different browsers than the person next to us. They would be able to go in, and because you're a fitness guy and you like john denver and you wear cool pants you got this version of uh, locker up ad and then if i play guitar and i just traveled internationally i would get a different ad based on my psychographic and so when this all came out people were very suspicious of that so in the wake of that at the time so this is going back several years now at least three or four years um mark zuckerberg was forced to say all right we're going to do something about this we are going to let people on Facebook know what we're doing with their information. Because his fear was, this is when Facebook was first going public. They're trying to sell a lot of their ads. And then all of a sudden, people are looking at Facebook and said, you know what? Your misinformation, you're responsible uh, for people that felt like Donald Trump stole the election. Your misinformation that you're allowing on this platform and other platforms you are the reason why. And he didn't want he big government the, coming in and he, regulating Facebook is what they really didn't want. Not Zuckerberg Donald Trump, did. Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Yeah. So now it's been, it's taken three years. It just rolled out now. I went out and poked around on it. It's called off Facebook activity. I am not going to try to tell you how to access this because Facebook made it extremely difficult. If you want to get uh, quick links, log on to Facebook in one tab in your browser, go to the Washington Post and look up Facebook uh, and off Facebook. Facebook activity and find this article and it will walk you through it because I, it would t- be ridiculous for me to try to explain this to you. They buried deep within your settings off Facebook activity. And one of the super interesting things is you get to see how Facebook is tracking you even when you're not on Facebook. So follow me on this. And when you go, Facebook went to the top 10,000 websites in the world. They partnered with 30% of them to give their information to Facebook. All right. So I don't know how, if it's financial or if they swap data or what the arrangement is. But so 30% of the top 10,000 websites in the world are swapping data with Facebook. And part of that agreement is, so Don, you go on your phone, you, uh, you're on Facebook, and then you get off of Facebook. And now you go to a different website. You're not logged into Facebook. You're no longer on your phone. Now you're on your iPad. When you log on to that other website, it sends that information back to Facebook and it tells Facebook everything you did on this website, including the Washington Post went through, including a website that is a medication for HIV and AIDS. Mm. So if you can imagine if you're a privacy uh, expert or a privacy advocate, 
in your let's say you want to keep private the fact that you are having some health issues facebook now knows that you're logging into this health health website facebook knows that you went out the guy in the article said me and my wife were trying to get pregnant he went out and got a sperm count test facebook when he was going through his data facebook knew he logged on to the sperm bank website to get his results wow Facebook is now factoring that information into which ads he gets shown. So I went out and looked at this, and I feel good after I read the article because there's a guy in here that had many times me. I had 158 different websites that were telling Facebook whenever I, I frequented their website. Wow. So 158 different websites. Wow. Whenever I logged on, whenever I checked information, whenever I just went and surfed, that information was going back to Facebook so Facebook could give me the exact ads. So like when you said you looked at a pair of running shoes on a different web, you weren't even on Facebook. You're on the other site. It That site is telling or selling or giving or swapping that information with Facebook. So this Washington Post article walks you through um, I was able, I deleted everything that I would allow, turned it off. And, but still, even, even after doing that, Facebook is still going to feed me ads. They're just not going to be as custom as they were before. So I found it alarming that I would be on a travel website or a dating website or a shopping website and uh, that and not even be not go through Facebook. It wasn't like I clicked off of Facebook to this platform. Just a, a site that I normally use is giving my information back to Facebook. But if all they were doing is taking that information and then they were giving you better ads about a pair of shoes you want to buy or a couch you were interested in or let's say you're putting in a new kitchen and you're looking at Kohler faucets or whatever it is, isn't Facebook doing you a service in a sense because of the election because they would be able to tell with these complicated psychographics it's like okay here is someone uh in the midwest who we believe um these certain things about based on the websites they go to and so we're going to tap into we're going to send them an angry ad an ad that's going to stoke their anger. Facebook's going to do that, or they were saying the that, algorithm. They were saying that Jared Kushner, for instance, for the Trump administration, was in was in charge of micro targeting uh, when it came to social media. The reason why they know that is because they have the information from all the other websites you go to. So Facebook knows that you went to some angry guy website. Uh, and, and you not through Facebook. They never would have known that if, without this yeah. this information. So explain spot. this to me. I, I have a friend that leans way to the right, and he likes reading things online that are way to the right. He tried to post some things that were way to the right on Facebook, and Facebook tore them down. He says, and he says they just they they disappeared. So what do you think is what do you think's going on there? If he's telling me the truth, um, which, I, which I think he is, he's a good friend of mine. If he reposted a site that they have put on some sort of watch list, then yeah, they're going to squash that. I, I'm I'm not seeing as much political, even though we're in an election cycle. I'm not seeing as much. Oh, you haven't seen the Mike Bloomberg ad every time you turn around on Facebook? Yeah. Uh-oh. No. Oh, I, I can't. I can't get out of bed without Mike Bloomberg really? hitting me in the face. Why is Mike Bloomberg falling? Down? I don't know. But so interesting. If, if you want to squash your privacy or just see which how many websites. So the record uh, at the Washington Post staff was 980 yeah. websites. Wow. A guy was being tracked. Mine was only 158. Do you think I could get Jennifer Aniston to follow me around? Uh, I think that's a different website. (laughs) 
That's a different service. Head up, shoulders back. That's episode 60. Uh, G-Force, take it away. We'll see you next time for 61, only on the Rock Town Radio Network. <laughs> hey, it's G-Force O'Neill, brains of this operation, and the voice of the Ron and Don show. Well, that's it. Show's over. We'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>